The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good Monday afternoon. Good morning. I better not say it. It's not morning. I heard you get in trouble for saying that stuff, actually. Saying what stuff? Good morning? No, the third word to it. Their whole Robin Williams line. You uh, get in trouble for saying that? I think you do. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it certainly was... It could be copyrighted for all I know. Oh, well, forget that idea. We've We've already... Cross those lines and especially if you're in radio, and you try to copy that stuff. Oh, they don't give a crap. They do. We've already blasted those lines to absolute police pieces, so that doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. Hey, uh, Eric, how was your uh, weekend? It was good. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. I had a nice little neighborhood barbecue. Lit off some fireworks. Oh yeah, so you're the ones at 12:08 a.m. on July 6th. Letting no, those things we, off. We lit them off on the fifth. We were yeah, right. And then mindful the sixth, of that. And then the seventh. And I was like, dude, enough already. I was you, huh? You're one of those parents. Well, good for you. No, but it was good. Laid back. Yeah. We had family over. We had neighbors and friends over. Just chill. Friends, some huh? Yard games. Friends, huh? Cool. Th- those, yeah, friends that you know, people that are close to us. I'm, we invited them over. I must have missed that phone call. People that we thought we'd enjoy spending time with. Huh. I must have. Maybe I got a voicemail. I just didn't see it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you should look again. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have to check just, that. Just to see how few few times I didn't call you. <laughs> the one voicemail is all I needed. The one voicemail. <laughs> um. <laughs> but a lot of things happened over the weekend. Uh, Yeah. I mean... There it is. Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett playing in a summer league game, and then everything went to crap. Zion injures his knee. He's out for the night. An earthquake hits. Everybody's out for the night. <laughs> and then Kawhi Leonard's like, this is the perfect time. No one's talking about me. Let's do it now. Well, the, the big shocker that nobody saw coming was the Paul George deal. Is what got Kawhi to go to L.A. Clippers. Right. Uh, and, and reports started to come out because his his group was very tight lipped, and then once the deal was made, then everything started to be revealed how Kawhi was recruiting Kevin Durant. He wanted to go to the Clippers all along, and and he was trying to get Durant to join him there, and he decided not to. So he's moved on and started recruiting other guys. He made the made it known to the Clippers that uh, he would only go there if they could get another star to be with him, uh, and so it really. Interesting, and I still don't think that we know the full story about what was going on all of last week with the Kawhi Leonard camp. And I'm not sure if they were just stringing the Lakers along as leverage or if there was really legitimately some interest there. And the Lakers were saying, look, we have to make a decision. We've got a lot of trades that we've made here that are all contingent on something happening, and we have to know. And if that pressure that was being applied from the Lakers on Kawhi to make a decision ultimately swung him to the Clippers, or if he was always going to go to the Clippers. I don't think that, we discussed this for a while, but I don't think that the Lakers was a really legitimate thing for Kawhi. It just didn't seem like his his personality would fit in well with what was going on there. It seemed to, to me, and we've discussed this at length at different times, that what the Clippers were doing, who they were assembling, what they've done seemed to fit more in with who Kawhi Leonard is and what he wants to do. So it seemed like it was always a two-team race between the Clippers and and Toronto, but because the Lakers somehow got into the mix, they were dominating the noise. But now the Clippers are going to be a, a team that I don't know if anybody's going to be able to score on. Because Kawhi Leonard, a great two-way player, perhaps the best we've seen in a very long time. Uh, Paul George is a great two-way player. Uh, he was he received a lot of votes for the Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, so that that's going to be a, a team full of guys who like to play defense, hard-nosed, and I heard it described earlier today 
they were more of a black top team than a big top team. And the other team that shares a building with them is more of the big top. Uh, it's a circus atmosphere for the Lakers. Uh, and the other crew, the Clippers, are going to be hard-nosed and just get it done and grind it out every night. There's so much to put into this conversation that, I mean, we've left a ton of details out for time's sake purposes, obviously. Um, I, I found it really odd at one point that, I mean, there was this huge interest in Kawhi going to the Clippers, even in February, even in March, and actually going into April. And then all of a sudden, it just appeared out of nowhere that the Lakers were on this list and that the Clippers were absolutely off of it. Right, they seemed like they were a distant third. Like, I mean, what happened? I mean, that, and I always found that really weird, and I wanted to just scream out, what happened? Where did the Clippers go? Because they hadn't done anything wrong. I mean, they went to the playoffs. You know, they battled with the Warriors, gave them what they could with what they had, and then it just, I mean, it was just different. And then all of a sudden, like, the Lakers, I mean, because of, you know, guys like Chris Broussard and guys like, I don't know. I mean, give me somebody else. Max Kellerman. I don't know. I mean, anybody. Take your pick. Yeah. was like, oh, yeah, hey, here come the Lakers. And I was thinking, how? Like, where would that even? And then all of a sudden, it was between the Lakers and Toronto. And it just never made sense to me. And so when you and I would always ask each other, hey, what do you think? And every time you and I looked at each other, it was like eyes wide open, shaking our head, you know, emphatically thinking, I don't know. So here is a valuable lesson for all of you analysis or experts that get on TV and you're in a situation like this. It is absolutely positively okay to say, I don't know when you really don't know, because right now you look like an absolute moron. Well, our culture, especially among members of the media, and really it's expanded to anybody who's on social media. There's a rush to post something and have an opinion and act like, you are the expert. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe me, I get it. I understand the allure and how it can help you as a, as in your profession and as a brand, but boy, it, make sure you're right. Yeah. And but, it's okay to say, I don't know. It, it is totally okay to say, we're not sure. This is what we do know, but there's a lot that we don't. To come out and be like, oh yeah, well the Clippers are out of it on national television and to come out and say, well, yeah, the Clippers are, I mean, I read guys who had, you know, credibility, whether they're on a radio in, in Toronto on a radio in LA or a news or a beat writer of some sort, the NBA, you saw their tweets of, yeah, it's absolutely Lakers. And I can guarantee it right now. They deleted their accounts. As soon as Kawhi made the announcement, <laughs> They were like, they wanted, they wanted to erase any evidence because, and and then the crazy thing is, Wolf's tweets. One of them said that they fe- the the small camp found it comical that they had eliminated the Clippers. I mean, and and okay, so and here is the thing: a good friend of mine was telling me this, and and they, and they made a proper great point, Eric. I want you, I want to want your thoughts on this. How much of the Clippers keeping their mouth shut actually got them to get Kawhi and PG? I think it helped significantly. Me too. The, the Kawhi Leonard Me camp made too. it very clear. Look, we want you to keep quiet on this. We we don't want to go through a big circus about leaking information and then everybody speculating over what somebody said. And Toronto leaked a little bit of information. Uh, the Lakers a little bit, but you didn't hear anything about the Clippers. Nothing. The and Paul they were George okay thing, with that. The Paul George thing came out of Oh, no one even nowhere. had a freaking clue. You look at how many like, likes nowhere. that thing got. I got like 100-something thousand likes on Wolves' tweet, all because everybody was, wait, 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 wait. I mean, because I, I remember I got up like at 5.15 that morning to go to the gym, and I read the tweet of uh, Kawhi's going to the Clippers. I'm like, oh, so it was there the whole time. All right, yeah, Kawhi, you know. And then I scroll down a little bit further, and I see Paul George is trending, and, I, and my first thought was, why? Click on it, and then Paul George heads to the Clippers via a trade for all of the Clippers' future for the next decade. And um, I, I honestly dropped my phone. No one had a dang clue 
that Paul George was moving. So my question to you is, did Oklahoma City know too? Well, well, I think that's an interesting question. And yeah, I think you have to give Oklahoma City some credit to this because when these conversations start happening, they very easily could have said, hey, do you realize what, hey, there's some talk here with the Clippers. Uh, hey, keep this on the, the download. You didn't hear it from me, but uh, the, the Clippers are trying to make a move here for one of our guys. But they didn't. They kept it very quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So the, the question is, for me, did Oklahoma City give up too much? Or excuse me, did the Lakers, man, I'm all over the place. Did the Clippers give up too much in their future See, to acquire Paul George now? No, and I, and I can get that question. And there's two sides of the coin to it, Eric. The first side, and let's start with where you're at. Did they give up too much? Yes. I mean, it is for Paul George, we'll get to that in a little bit. It is a ton. Like, from now on, what the Pelicans are to, or excuse me, what the Lakers are to the Pelicans, the Pelicans have all this future assets. And every time in the summer, in the offseason, when draft time's coming, they get to ring this bell, and the Lakers have to come crawling over on their hands and knees, get to the feet of the Pelicans, and say, yes. Master, how can I help you today? <laughs> what would you Guess like what? me to select for you? The Clippers now have to do that with the Oklahoma City Thunder for the next decade, for the next four years, or whether it's unprotected, protected, or swap picks. It is the Thunder we, little ringing their little dang bell with the towel over their arm, walking over and saying, yes, we're the Clippers. You are a master. How can we help you? So as a refresh, if you didn't catch it, the the Oklahoma City Thunder got five future first round <laughs> picks from the LA Clippers. And in addition to that, Oklahoma City is going to be not very good maybe for the next little bit, but they're positioning themselves to make some pretty interesting moves either as leverage for uh, picks for draft for players or to select a lot of young talent because they also traded away Jeremy Grant to the Denver Nuggets yeah. for more future first-round picks. They received three unprotected first-round uh, Clippers picks for 2022, 2024, and 2026. <laughs> they have two future Miami Heat first-round picks in 2021 unprotected and 2023 lottery-protected. And they have the rights to swap picks with Los Angeles in the 2023 and 2025 drafts. Okay. And so, I, 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 talking to Oklahoma City, Eric, we tell you, look, I know this hurts and I know it's rough right now, but I'm going to tell you with absolute confidence that you weren't going to go anywhere else in the playoffs. You were going to be a first round one and done for the fourth year in a row. Because of one guy who's still there. Whether he goes or not by the end of the summer, we don't know. But as of right now, he's still there. And he's the reason why you've lost not one, not two, but three first-round playoff exits in a row. Would you say he's he may also be somewhat at fault for how they've lost one player who became yes, an MVP, yes, a second yes, player yes, who yes, became oh, an MVP, yes. and a third player and you know who was what? in the running to be an MVP. And you know what? Paul George was sick of it. Dude, he was partying with Westbrook about 10 months ago after he signed an extension. They were having a party with Noss, man. It was a great whole vibrant thing like, hey, we're back. We're going to go do it. We're going to get it done. And in 10 months, Paul George went from partying with Westbrook and smoking a cigar to now saying, hey, Westbrook, I'm out. I'm going to the Clippers, and we're going to wreck you when we see you. We are ruining this franchise as we speak. And guess what? And, and here's the thing for the Clippers. Yes, you gave away the future for the next four to five, six years. But guess what? Paul George is a dang good basketball player who had to play alongside a guy who has an ego the size of the universe. And if you don't believe him or me, ask Kevin Durant, ask James Harden, and ask Billy Donovan for all that matter. And you know what? Even Sam Presti probably knows it as well. He spent 11 great years 
doing historic things in the NBA record books, yes. But guess what? When it came to the playoffs and it came to winning games, when you needed it most, you didn't get it out of him because he was taking it away from guys who should have had the ball in their hands. Paul and he George, wanted to chase triple-doubles. Yes, and Paul George was an MVP candidate over halfway through the year, and then it disappeared, not because of Paul George, but because of Russell Westbrook, because he decided to go after that triple-double triple, triple mark. And when it ended, it was over. So then Paul George gets a call from Kawhi saying, hey, look, I need you there. Can you, can you meet me at Staples Arena for the 2019-20 season? And Paul George said, I'm going to see what I can do. Goes to Sam Presti, I want to get traded, and I want to go here. It probably took Sam Presti off guard, it probably didn't make sense, and it probably made him feel uncomfortable and angry. But Paul George can call back Kawhi and said, hey, guess what? I'm getting there. You getting there? Yes, I'll see you there. And that's what, I mean, think about it. A San Diego State kid and a Fresno State kid are going to go play for the Clippers, and that all of a sudden makes them the most favorite team to win the NBA championship for the 2019-20 season. Amazing. Well, it's been, there have been rumors a long time about Paul George wanting to get to Los Angeles in some form or fashion. Uh, and now he has that opportunity. Um, with Kawhi Leonard, it's an opportunity for him to go home. But with what's going on in Oklahoma City, they, that city has embraced Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has embraced that city. But the fact of the matter is, he's been bounced from the first round of the NBA playoffs three straight years. Uh, players who are MVP guys leave him to go elsewhere. Kevin Durant did it. Before that, James Harden did it. Now Paul George is leaving. He was an NBA MVP type of candidate that hasn't won the MVP, but there's a time there where he was one of the guys in consideration. Yeah. So now the question is, what does Westbrook do? And this team is a complete shell of itself. There were there were free agents that were coming to Los or to Oklahoma City as they're trying to fill in some pieces, and now with this trade, the Thunder, good for them. They're saying, hey, just you guys should be aware of what's happened here. If you want to change your mind, we understand. Uh, Mike Muscala said, no, I'm still going to stay. I'm still going to go with the Thunder. Alec Burks, uh, I'm going to pump the brakes on this. <laughs> and he changes his mind, and he goes and he signs a one-year deal with the Golden State Warriors. And people need to quit feeling sympathetic for Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, the Thunder went from being, when they first got, you know, you lose Kevin Durant, you lose James Harden, it's tough. Then you get Paul George and you think, hey, we're back. We have a chance here. They look like a very good team. And then you go through three first-round exits. You haven't been past the first round since you let go of Durant. Well, interesting move to let um, to trade away Paul George, then to get rid of Grant, too. That really surprises me. That takes them almost completely below the tax threshold. It surprised me that they had such a big, loaded salary. Uh, situation going on in Oklahoma City. So they're saving a ton of money. They're stockpiling for the future. And um, they're still, they may still get some more assets if uh, if they do ultimately trade away Russell Westbrook. Which, the question you know, is, where does he go? At, you know, and and what course, do they get in return? We've heard the favorites are Miami, or at least as a head favorite. New York Knicks have been in conversation for that as well. Um, but if it's Miami, you got Jimmy Butler and Westbrook on the same team. That is a, I mean, you're asking for a volatile explosion emotionally and mentally from either or both players by the end of the season. Not sure if you're really up for dealing with that. And by the way, Oklahoma City babied Westbrook to the core. Absolutely babied him. Sugarcoated everything for him. Pat Riley ain't going to do that for you. Pat Riley is a guy who coached the LA Lakers back in the golden era day and won a lot. Oh, then took LeBron James. It's bolster is no slouch. Yeah, no. I mean, that is a we-take-no-crap kind of staff. So don't expect to go there and to, and to be that, you know, hey, I need everything at my feet in, in my need because it's not going to be like that. And if you do it, your career is going to go down very quickly. Just see Dwight Howard. Yeah, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting this afternoon on ESPN that the Miami Heat have expressed interest. Uh, Westbrook and his agent are discussing possibilities of where he could go in different scenarios with Sam Presti of Oklahoma City. 
to try hey, to make he, a deal sooner he, rather than later. It, it's kind of tough now. I mean, there's yeah, been so much exactly, movement. That's true. I mean, is what, there any who other can teams, you trade that hasn't already been and traded? And that's what I was about to ask you. Is there any other teams in consideration? Is it just Miami right now? Is that it? That they seem to it? be the contenders. Um, I mean, there was some discussion about um, New York Knicks. Uh, Minnesota was kind of tossed around. I heard that name M- Minnesota would have fit. But I think you need to go to a place where there's younger players. If he goes into a veteran system, I don't see that going to fit. Yeah, when someone had mentioned Houston, I laughed. Yeah, that that wouldn't work. Could you imagine? I mean, you can't get rid of Chris Paul because no one wants his $34.5 million salary at the age of 34. Nobody wants that. Westbrook has four years, $170 million left on his contract. Oh, my good gosh, dude. So maybe Houston pulls the trigger and they send off some things to clear clear things out. But great, then guess what? You're gonna have two ball hogs on the same that's team. That's what I was gonna say. Like, what do you exactly? How you? How do you think that's gonna end? They were teammates before. Maybe they work it out again. But it's James Harden's team. It's not Westbrook's team. Yeah, that's not gonna go too well if Russ goes there. They they don't ex- I don't I don't see they coexist. Hey, speaking of like former greats that have gone downhill quickly. Two of them. Dwight Howard just got traded to Memphis. Is that right from Washington? He's still in the league. <laughs> I know, right? When I was like, "Wait, Dwight Howard's still playing basketball?" Is that a is that a paper trade? Do I mean, you is remember he really? Does he still play minutes? When he was, everyone compared him to Shaq because he was in Orlando. The numbers he were putting up was gaudy at best. I mean, it was you know twenty four points, twenty rebounds a night. That was ten years ago, and now it's well. We need a backup, backup center, or a backup to the backup, an assistant to the regional manager. So let's go get Dwight Howard. I mean, now he's an afterthought. Now, speaking of that, I mentioned that for this reason. Do you remember the name Jabari Parker? Oh, yeah. Former number two pick who everyone... A lot of high hopes for that guy. Dude, I mean, this kid was coming out of Duke. He's going to be something big and special. And it's just, I mean, it's been downward. A, because he can't play defense, which is the number one problem for a lot of guys who come into the league then get, you know, exacerbated pretty quickly. Um, Jabari Parker is one of those guys who played for the Chicago Bulls, played for the Washington Wizards last year. Now he's had to agree to a two-year $13 million deal with the Atlanta Hawks. The dude's still getting paid. I mean, oh, yeah, need, he's, he's if getting a lot more than he should, too. If you need offense, you need a big man. He's not worth $13 million, though. He's not worth six and a half mil to be on the court. Uh, let's see, the report is that Dwight Howard, he was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies, and the report is that they are not planning on keeping him. He just got... It was a trade from the Washington Wizards last week. According to The Athletic, they're not expected to keep him. They'll save $3.1 million by by swapping C.J. Miles for Howard. And he'll be either traded or waived. He appeared in only nine games for Washington last year because he was injured. <laughs> At spinal surgery. And that, that's always tough. But, yeah, that guy is a, a shell of his former self. And Kyle Corver also just got waived by the Phoenix Suns, so he is officially an unrestricted free agent. Right, he can go wherever. And I've had some people ask me, oh, he's he's available. Would the Jazz go after him? Nope, not anymore. Uh, one, two big reasons. One, the Jazz don't have the money. I mean, they'd have to go over the cap. Yeah. And I don't see them doing that. And two, look at what they've got. They, their roster is pretty full and pretty stacked. And they've got guys that are going to play minutes and uh, guys that are improving that are, 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 are good projects, the way that they've been improving their game. I like Kyle Korver. I do. Uh, he's a great guy, and he'd be great to have on your team. But he's only going to be available for maybe, maybe 10 minutes a game. Yeah. <clears throat> and... So- with his age, you know, how many minutes he's going to be able to give you every night is is a question. Is he worth committing that kind of money to to just come in for a few moments for? You know, here's a sharpshooter when we need him. When you got other guys that are kind of developing into those roles, I think that the Jazz are okay. Um, I'd, I'd love it if they could get him, but I just there's I don't think there's room and I don't think there's money. 
Yeah, I, it looks uh, like the Lakers have filled out the rest of their rosters. So there was some talk that he might go there, but uh, I think that their roster is getting pretty full up now. So my question to you now, Eric, with as we know the West as it is right now, um, and let's go ahead and assume that Russell Westbrook is in Miami because he is going to get traded by the end of the summer um, based on how everybody's kind of acting, based on Sam Presti's aggressiveness and Miami's sincere interest. We'll assume that he's going to Miami. He's gone. Give me your eight playoff teams in order of the Western Conference. In order? Yes. Because it's easy to name eight. It's harder to name it in order. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, gosh. Well, I, I think Denver got better getting Jeremy Grant. They've been very quiet in the offseason, but they just got some extra depth in defense. Uh, I think you have to in, – in, in order. Man, I don't know if I could do that. Um, Clippers are going to be up there. I don't know if they jump to number one, but they're going to be close. Um, Jazz. Lakers, Denver, Portland, Houston. How many is that? Is that seven? Seven. Well, Golden State. I think Golden State's a still a playoff team, but I think they're on the on the edge. I think they're like seven or eight. So I think mine's kind of similar to yours. I've got one in the in the Clippers, two Utah Jazz. Uh, I th- I think that they are still one of the best teams in the Western Conference. I just think the Clippers are loaded on two. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, number three, I I have Golden State. I think Golden State still with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, uh, can make something happen. Um, and D'Angelo Russell too over there. Uh, I have Houston as a four, Lakers as a five. Oh, man, now it gets hairy. Now it gets really tough. I'll say New Orleans is a seven, so I need a six. Yeah. I do. New Orleans is young, but they're talented. They're really, really, really talented. Uh, San Antonio will be your eight. So you don't have Denver? You don't have Portland? I have Portland be your six. Yeah. Denver doesn't make it. Whoa. Denver had the best record in the West. One of the best records in the NBA. You don't think they're going to even make the playoffs next year. That's a great story. That's a wonderful story. (laughs) Toronto won the championship last year, too. They were a good team. It wasn't like that. They were one of the best teams in the East for several years. What are, you, what are you saying? The West got better. I think Denver got better. Denver didn't get better. They added Jeremy Grant. <laughs> it's an improvement. <laughs> I like when you say dumb things. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, look, Denver's good. They certainly didn't get worse. Come on, Portland's they didn't trade better. away Portland's great better players. With Jurkic. I like San Antonio because Popovich always finds a way with his guys to win. But San Antonio made no moves. They did. They did nothing. So nothing. Greg Popovich is still a coach there. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. As long as they're still there, they keep winning. And as long as Greg Popovich is still a coach at San Antonio, they're going to continue to win and continue to make the playoffs. Unless they're like, you know what? We need a good high pick. We're going to just tank it this year, which I don't think is going to happen. Wow, I don't. I do not. And see New Orleans that. is extremely young, but extremely talented. And Zion Williamson is every bit as advertised, by the way. Well, they're definitely doubling down on the face of their franchise. Is not Zion Williamson. Yeah, it's Drew Holiday. It's true. I mean, he's a good player. It's true, Jay Rue. I'm, I'm a little surprised that they're they're clearly trying to say we have veterans and they're going to help us. They're going to be the ones to lead us. We're not putting all of our eggs in the Zion Williamson basket. Uh, more things happened over the weekend. We had World Cup, uh, and the, the both the men and the women played in international soccer in championship games. How did they do? And that leads us all to, to our pick six. How did we do on our pick six this past week? 
And Major League Baseball is at the midway point. You got the home run derby tonight. The Midsummer Classic is tomorrow. And so at the midway point of the Major League Baseball season, what kind of awards would you be giving out at this point? Who is your MVP? Who is your Cy Young Award winner for the midway point? Who are your most impressive teams? Who's going to be in the World Series? Which teams are disappointments at this point? Which teams do we have high hopes for and they're underperforming? We'll discuss that coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. I'm totally speechless. Everyone's been trying to ask me to put it into words, and there's no words. That was Megan Rapino, U.S. Women's National Team, winning the FIFA Women's World Cup again. 2 nothing over the Netherlands. Uh, this team has been phenomenal, particularly on defense. Very few goals allowed through this whole FIFA Women's World Cup. Uh, they've had some great stars they've had some some controversy as well in their run but uh they they captured a lot of attention the tv ratings were up uh people were paying attention and celebrating their victory very exciting stuff for the u.s women's national team as uh what they were able to do through through the fifa women's world cup this summer uh the men in the Concacaf championship Last night, faced Mexico, a team they are very familiar with. Uh, they faced them several different times over the years in these types of championships. Um, Mexico was a heavy favorite despite how good the uh, men's defense has been. They've only allowed, what, one or two goals throughout their whole uh, tournament. But um, Mexico was more of the aggressive team heading into it. Turned out to be their secret sauce that worked for them, and they won that game. But uh, an interesting day for soccer, for Team USA, for both the men and the women uh, playing in championship uh, matches. Um, so congratulations to them. And uh, I think soccer soccer was uh, it's had its moments over the years where it's captured people's attention, and then it's kind of been forgotten a little bit. Um had it not been for such a wild NBA offseason, I would think that the, these runs with the men's and women's national teams in CONCACAF and FIFA Women's World Cup probably would have gotten even more attention than what they did, but they were overshadowed by the NBA. Not to take anything away from what they did and how successful they were and how exciting it was. But um, nonetheless, that's come to a close. And... <laughs> And this this women's national team, they have brought a lot of controversy along with them on the trail. First, it was about uh, celebrations, even when they had a huge lead, acting like that was the first goal in a championship game that they had made, to some celebrations which seemed to mock another country, to uh, statements about how they feel about the uh, person who is sitting behind uh, the desk in the Oval Office, uh, to... Uh, more chance about uh, equal pay and things like this. Um, so it, it's certainly captured attention outside of what actually occurred on the field of play. But um, I, I think that we have to take a moment to celebrate what they did and recognize their greatness. Yeah, no, it's it's impressive. Look, they just shut out the nether. I mean, in a World Cup final match, they won via a shutout. And Rapino has been absolutely marvelous through the whole entire World Cup. Stellar. She was incredible. Uh, she is one that kind of sparked a little bit of controversy to it. Uh, but, man, she she could ball out on the field. That's for sure. So, uh, congrats to the women's uh, World Cup team. Hey, stupid question. I don't mean to get into this. Maybe we should have Jason Williams on, actually, at this time. But 
do they go to the White House or are they invited to the White House after they win the World Cup? I mean, I know they won't be. <laughs> well, but. so that's been an interesting thing going on today because people have uh, a couple different senators and and uh, House representatives have taken to the floor at the U.S. Capitol saying they are formally inviting them to the Capitol. Uh, and others have uh, kind of supported that notion. You know, typically, upon winning a, a championship, it seems to be tradition that you're invited to the White House. But um, they, Megan Rapino has said that she would not go uh, if invited. And she's made some other derogatory comments towards the presidency. But there have been others who have said, look, we still want to celebrate your, your championship here in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. There are other ways to do it. You don't have to go to the White House to have that recognition. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Awkward. Uh, <laughs> I was going to leave it at that. But congrats to the women for winning the World Cup. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's a tough thing to do. I don't care how talented you are. Even if you're favored to go do it, I feel like it's even tougher. And, right, you still have to do it. And to do it in the way they did it by, you know, shutting him down defensively uh, to, you know, winning a couple of really physical, where, you know, you had teams pushing these, pushing this team around to the ground and being physical, but more than probably what should have been allowed. Um, and to come out on top is, is saying something. So that's good stuff for the uh, Women's World Cup. And unfortunately for the men, they just, they're an embarrassment. They're horrible. What? They made it to the championship. Dude, it's not an embarrassment. Dude, they're bad. They face Mexico as a very good team, very aggressive team. No, they're not. Don't pretend. BK, you you can't play in the championship and be horrible. Or something by like one? I mean, by one, Eric. Well, it's a team that surprised them a few years previous. Give me a break, man. They didn't surprise them. They outplayed them. They didn't surprise them. They went out there and they laid an egg and 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 they played like garbage because they're all selfish. Has nothing to do with them being out play or surprise. Give me a break. Do you think the Do you think the 2008 men's team was surprised by Spain in the final? Do you think the 2012 USA men's basketball team was surprised in the final when they played Spain again? Come on, the U.S. men's team. Yes, it was a little bit of a letdown against Mexico, but they were in the championship. They got shut out. And they played well to get there. Oh, my gosh. It's truth. Well, can we speak about something else? Is there anything else to talk about right now? We probably shouldn't have done the soccer thing. Let's move on. G- g- give me something else, please. I beg of you. Something else to talk about. I want to continue talking about it because it makes you uncomfortable. N- no, it do- Well. <laughs> We will move on. We, we need to move on. There are other things to discuss. Uh, so soccer was part of our pick six. Uh, it was There were several different things on our pick six this past weekend that included soccer. So let's go through it and we'll see how we did in our pick six this week. Let's do it. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm, I'm going to go a little out of order because I'm going to go topically. So the Netherlands goals versus Team USA, you set the line at one and a half. They didn't score any both of us took the under on that, so we both got that correct. Then we asked, who wins soccer games this Sunday? The men, the women, or both? We were both optimistic that both teams would win. That was not correct. Only the women won. Uh, then we got into some baseball. Uh, actually, no, let's do some basketball first, because then next we'll discuss some baseball things. Uh, Kawhi Leonard will have his decision made by 4.05 p.m. Saturday, you took the under. I went over. He made it Friday night. And R.J. Barrett versus Zion Williamson in their inaugural game of the Summer League, who would have the most points? Zion got it by one point more. He scored 11. R.J. Barrett scored 10. Then to baseball. Dallas Keuchel, strikeouts versus Miami. Um, by the way, you won the Zion pick. Um Dallas Keuchel strikeouts versus Miami. It was at seven and a half. I took the under. You took the over. I got that right. You only had four. And then we come down to who leads the National League Central by the end of Sunday. And is it going to be the Brewers, the Cubs, or the Cardinals? You picked the Cubs. I went with the Cardinals. I should have gone with my Cubbies. Wouldn't have mattered because you won. You took the Cubs and you won four to two. 
for this week's pick six. Sadly. Um, with that being said, talking about baseball, we're going to take a step aside and we'll discuss some of the midseason things going on with baseball now that we're at the halfway point, more or less, with the All-Star game happening tomorrow. You have the Home Run Derby tonight. We'll discuss what we think, how things are going so far, the halfway point of Major League Baseball. Who is your MVP so far to this point? Who's your Cy Young Award winner? Which teams are surprisingly good? Which teams are disappointing us? with how they've done so far. We'll discuss that next on the Full Court Press. And a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. It's the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. You can also find our past episodes there under the podcast section. Or subscribe to our podcasts on wherever you find podcasts. On iTunes, Stitcher, notably. We're on there. After each show, we post them there so you can go back and listen. We're at the midway point of Major League Baseball. The All-Star game is tomorrow. The Home Run Derby is tonight. The Futures game was last night. And it forces us to look at who's doing well so far in Major League Baseball. Who's surprising? Who was disappointing? And who are the early odds-on favorites for some of the big awards that get handed out? So, uh, first of all, Ajay, who would be your... Who would be your MVP candidate for the American League and the National League? Oh, for both leagues, huh? Yikes. This one might be tougher than I thought. Uh, Christian Yelich for the National League, all for obvious reasons. He has been crushing the ball, and, he, uh, and he's been a nightmare to get out even on, um, you know, even if, it is a, even if it is a put out, it's a hard ground ball, it's a, it's a hard line drive in the outfield. Uh, but even defensively, he's been... Uh, he's been so so good. I've uh, I've been really impressed with Christian Yelich. Um, so he by far and away is my is my NL guy. AL's a little bit tougher. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, if I had to say, I'd probably be leaning towards Mike Trout for now, even though his team is really struggling. I mean, he leads the AL in home runs with 28. He leads the AL in RBIs with 67. Uh, he is currently in AL wins above replacement. He's at 5.9 in war. So I would probably take Mike Trout. Um, I don't know how far I put him above, say, Mookie Betts. Or even, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's Mookie and Mike Trout. I think there's anyone else below. Uh, for me, I I agree with you with Mike Trout. Even though his team isn't uh, really in the hunt right now to make the playoffs, uh, he is he is crushing it. Yeah, he has been so good. He is worth every penny that the Angels are paying him right now. He is certainly making them feel good about their decision to give that huge contract to him uh, for all the reasons which you've already outlined. But I disagree with you on the National League. I don't sure. think it's by far and away. Christian Yelich. I actually give it to Cody Bellinger. Good pick. I think that those two, it was really tough for me to decide and settle on Bellinger. Uh, he's with the Dodgers. He's had 30 home runs, only one off of Yelich's pace. Um, he's number one in the National League with runs. 70 runs on 107 hits. Uh, he leads the majors in total bases. So that's first base, second base, third, whatever. 220. I mean, just simply, he's the best player on the best team. Uh, the, the Dodgers are so hot, and they've been so good, and Cody Bellinger is the best bat in that lineup. <clears throat> I like that. That's a good pick. How about Cy Young? Who's the best pitcher? Oh, man. I wish you wouldn't have asked me this question. Uh, you know, I still like Max Scherzer in the NL. 
Um, you know, he, he started nice. Well, he had himself a heck of a game over the weekend. He he certainly did. But, I mean, in all so far, 129 innings pitched, um, 36 runs. He's given up, 33 are earned, 23 walks, but 181 strikeouts. He's 9 of 5 on the year so far. And I know Hyun Jin Ryu from the Dodgers has had a great year, too. Um, but I like Max so far, but that could definitely change here in the next little while. See, and I like Ryu. Uh, yeah, I, I just, and I don't blame you. 10 wins. He's got an incredibly low ERA, 1.78. And, and again, he, what he's doing for the Dodgers, I don't, I'm don't. i not a big Dodgers fan, but I have to consider what they've been doing both um, at the plate and on the mound, and I mean, he's been he's been fantastic all year. Uh, I mean, he's going to the All Star game. He's, he's just had a great, great season so far. And for the American League, um, I like Charlie Morton what he's been doing for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I like Justin Verlander. Um, he has given up, I believe, about thirteen more runs than than Charlie Morton, uh, but he's given up nine less walks. He's ten and four on the year. Uh, and, uh, just, I mean, and, and the competition that Justin Verlander pitched, cause it's, it, of course, by rotation, Justin Verlander's had some pretty tough, pretty tough games he's had to go up against just based on the rotation who he's had to land on. But, uh, for me, it's Justin Verlander so far. Uh, and that's a great pick too. He's had a phenomenal season. The Astros are still looking really, really, really good. Um, who do you like so far at this point of the season? Being in the World Series. Oh, jeez, dude. I think we talked about and I'd have to go back and I don't even remember who I picked at the start of the year. I gotta be quite honest with you. Uh you know, <laughs> I still like Houston. Houston's still Houston, man. Unless you can dethrone them, I don't see why you're beating them. Even the Yankees, they just can't stay healthy, you know? Minnesota Twins are in the worst division in baseball as we speak right now, though the Cleveland Indians are are are, are pretty good. Everything else is is below five hundred. But Houston, I, I still think is the cream of the crop. On the other side, I like the Atlanta Braves. You know, they're, they're 17 games above 500 right now. They're playing great baseball. They're hitting it very well. Ronald Acuna Jr. is being just the guy. You know, some say it's your second year that's the toughest. Acuna Jr. has been awesome. Freddie Freeman has been clutch as of late. The young guys have stepped up, especially in the in defensively. They've been wonderful. Um, I like Atlanta as of right now. Atlanta's been good. Great talent. Uh, they're playing very well together. Um, I, I considered them. Ultimately, though, I still went with the Dodgers. I worry a little bit that they may be peaking a little bit early, and I don't know if they can sustain the rate that they're they're at right now. They have lost three in a row, but um, I still just top to bottom, they just look so dangerous. I think that there is a concern that this team might be really good, and then they'll just they'll fade. They'll die like off. they have been. Yeah. Every postseason, yeah, I'm comes with you. When it really matters, I know I'm a Braves fan. I feel it. Hey, really, but quickly, on the other side for the American League, even though the Yankees have had injuries, the, some of these guys that have been injured are starting to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of trading places on who was injured and who isn't, but they're looking very dangerous. Those young guys are well. getting experience too. Yeah. Hey, didn't you tell me that the National League Central was the toughest division in baseball? You know how full that you are. It's the closest. It's the most interesting. That's no, what I said. Oh, most interesting. Okay. Yes. Never. It's not the best division in baseball. That's for dang sure. And that whole like theme needs to stop because it's not. Now, the National League East is really tough. I'd even say, I mean, even the American League East is still tough. Yeah. Boston's forty nine and forty one, and they're in third. Eric. Yeah, no, that's true. If if Boston was in the National League Central, they'd be ahead. They would lead the division by two games. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, the American League West is also pretty tough. Where are they at right now? I mean, the Rangers are nine games out of first, but they're forty eight and forty two. Golly. No, I, the the National League Central is not necessarily the the best division. But I think it is the most interesting because one through four are separated by two and a half games. You look at every other division, and there's a big gap between number one and number two. Number two, yeah, and it's all about six and a half, isn't it, or yes. more? Well, uh, five and a half in the national in the American League Central. That's the closest okay. outside of that. But every other division, there's a there's a pretty significant gap between one and two, and in the National League Central, it's it's a horse race. 
Do you think the Marlins are ever going to be good again? I mean, I look back uh, at 2003. Ever, but no, but I mean, really, that's where we're at, it's man. Incredibly disappointing. They got this new city, this new stadium, the whole shebang. Derek Jeter's the owner, or whatever, and they are horrible. They gave away Giancarlo Stanton. They gave away. Did they give? Away, I mean, they they let go of Deke Gordon too, didn't they? If I'm not mistaken, they're bad. Really, I mean, they're San Jose State bad. <laughs> so who's your? Are they your biggest disappointment? No, so far? no, no, no. I, I knew Miami would suck from the get go. <laughs> uh, I'd have to say the San Diego Padres. Hmm. Interesting choice. Five hundred haven't played like they probably should have. They had the depth. Eric Hosmer. They made there. some big investments. Yeah, in their roster and they this just year. haven't came through. No. They're, they're my biggest disappointment. Um, I even though they're doing okay, they're not bad. I, I I'm, I've been a little disappointed with Boston. Yeah. Okay. With I'm how sure. they've played following their their championship, the World Series championship. I mean, yeah, they're got beaten forty nine and forty one. The they're over five hundred, but still they've uh, struggled just, against their rival. That's for sure this year. Yes. They've had a hard time with them. Most disappointing player? Probably Bryce Harper. Me too. With all the hype in 100%. the offseason. 100%. And the contract. And they're 47 and 43 right now. Yeah. That, that's a good second choice for most disappointment. <laughs> yeah. I. It's it's just crazy like how, how much things change in a baseball season for halfway through a season. Hey, uh, the we're real quick. We're just running out of time here. Major League Baseball home run derbies tonight. There are some guys, and if they win, they will more than double their salary for the year. Who? If they, it's a million dollar purse. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I'm not, I'm rooting for that guy. By the way, he, his salary is five hundred fifty five thousand. <laughs> He's going to nearly double, almost double his salary if he wins tonight. He was a steal. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it's really exciting. It's one of the highlights of the All Star Weekend, uh, in one of the I think one of the more interesting All Star festivities generally across sports. Hmm. I'll do it first tonight, everybody. We'll so, recap it tomorrow. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. I see you out there on your TVs and mobile devices. You're thinking about flipping away from sports because it's July. All right, I get it. It's not the busiest season, but savvy fans can find plenty of entertaining options. With the All-Star Game approaching, it's time to get serious about baseball. The Women's World Cup's a lot of fun. You've got Wimbledon, the Open Championship at Portrush Golf Club in Northern Ireland. There's always something on TV. It might be a sport you don't even know. But what we really love is the competition. I can't tell you how many times I've watched something without really knowing the rules. Way back in the day, that's all ESPN would show. Remember Australian rules football? To this day, I'm not sure how it worked. And that guy in the white trench coat. But I was into it. So take this time to expand your sports interest. Football will be back soon enough. But in the meantime, kick back and maybe give a new sport a shot for a change. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.